This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jetson's there. Billy did. The goal. Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stuffer Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Yes, hello, and yes, finally, some happiness for Huddersfield Town fans. It's the time of year that we look forward to more than Christmas. It's the international break where we don't have to suffer the ignominy <laughs> of Huddersfield Town next weekend. Uh, welcome to episode 190 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. It was crap on Saturday, so get your favourite soft toy, blanket or creature comfort or whatever. Join us to look back at the game at Hull. Right, that's Hull boxed off, so let's move on to other things. Uh, with me as always, it's the ground control to my major hump. It's uh, Richard Kossi Kosmala. And back by popular nice. demand, it's the man whose dad prefers to listen to Stephen Chicken and David Hartrick over his own son. It's Johnny Gillespie. How are you doing, Johnny? <laughs> very well thank Love you words with your dad again uh right so um this episode as always if you're developing or if you need a stiff drink i should say um we have the perfect sponsor for you it is magic rock brewing and you can get 10 percent off all your online orders at www.magicrockbrewing.com if you use our code of ahttc10 and it's coming up to christmas as well so there you go there's some ideas for you for christmas um and it's at Magic Rock. And one thing that's not magic was whole one Huddersfield nil. So uh, I don't really have a lot to say on this. I really don't. Um, I said last week, didn't I, or the week before, that we seem to, you know, Darren Moore's suffered the same or had the same epiphany that Mike Fotheringham did 12 months ago in that this team just can't attack because it gets ripped to shreds if you uh, if you push forward. So he's gone full Fothers and uh, decided to stick 11 man, men behind the ball. And And to be honest, I don't really see how... You know, there's people saying how dull and defensive it is, but I don't really see how different he could have started the game. Um, in truth, Johnny, um, we've got literally no one up front or no no one going forward that can actually hurt anybody. It's like bringing a lemon to a knife fight to quote a uh, the Wombats, if you like. Uh, great song, by the way. Um, I just I didn't really. I know people might say you could you could have maybe thrown Harrow up there or Josh Caroma, but as far as I know, Josh Caroma was just a body on the bench because he and he wasn't you know entirely fit. How how would you see the the setup then? Because I I to be honest, I looked at and expected it, didn't like it. I'll be honest, I didn't like a single second of of Saturday, you know, and that, that whole game. But I understood it, and I, and given the nil nil against Watford, I I didn't think he would set up any other way. Did you? No, um, I can understand why people look at it and think it's not really that much of an exciting of a lineup, or it's not really that much of an exciting of an attacking team. But like you say, 
what else is the guy supposed to do? The only player you think you could look at the bench and probably bring on or start who's got a bit more impetus about him is Diara, but I don't know if I want to necessarily start Diara in that situation. So that's the only player you could probably point to and try to make some form of argument. I'll probably disagree with that argument. So you'd ask yourself, you've got to run with those players that you've got on the field. That's starting 11. Could you set them up a bit differently to a bit more attacking? You could probably push Wiles into more of a maybe a central role rather than kind of as a as a wide cami kind of scene to play. But even then, does it kind of really help you too much? Does it leave the field, the left side of that field a little bit off or the right side of the field a little bit off? So that's the thing. I, I don't think Darmore sat there thinking he's really happy with the tools he's got um, and the way he's applying them. But it's it's very much a needs must situation. It's not giving him a complete kind of carte blanche to go out and get beat, um, and that's that. We don't complain about it. But I question what more what more he could do with the quality of the players that he's got at his disposal and the players that he's got at his disposal and where they can actually play on the football field. Um, there's probably not a lot more than to try and just contain, try and get something. Um, we weren't in the game at any point, but at least in the first half we were. We restricted them to kind of longer shots. Do you mean they weren't getting in behind so much? We did have a couple of opportunities. Do you mean we had um, the Huddling chance and the Thomas chance? We, the first half wasn't horrendous given the situation that we'd have. I think everyone would have rather have do you mean the tools at um, Rosinia's disposal than more. So it's tough. I can't say I'm sat here really happy um, with the, with the situation we find ourselves in, management and, and players. But equally, I, I think you can't. You've also got to kind of withhold a bit of criticism given the situation that we're in and what, what else can he really do? So it's, I'm kind of like struggled to know what to think really. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel any blame attached to, to, to more from from a, the team not being, being negative or not being too attacking. I think, well, I really can't see what else he, he could have done personnel-wise or, or tactic-wise to get more out of that team in that match and not go down through three or four. Cosy, you you paid to go to the game. Uh, you were in the You were in the stands. Um, credit to everybody that that went to the game. It just it just felt like a really turgid, tough watch, and it's one of those, isn't it? Where if you end up with nil nil, everyone's going, "Oh, that's a great point." Wait, Hull is that? And there is that, isn't there? So we've obviously gone to the nil nil or nick something. It was very niggly from us, you know. The whole fans have called it anti football. I struggle to put up an argument against that. It probably is. Um, every time we broke forward, instead of trying to break and break men forward, we were looking for fouls. We were looking, you know, Robert Thomas was going down really easily at, at times. Um, but, you know, that, that's what it was, you know, win set pieces and, and cross the ball into the box, which we didn't do a lot with. Um, it was it was a tough watch um, on iFollow. It was probably a tough watch in the ground as well. Yeah, let me get my gag out of the way, man. So I'm having a few beers nearer near the deep, and uh, little did I know that the deep would be uh, a <laughs> sealed town all afternoon as, as well. But, yeah, it's uh, trying to find some positives. It's the first time I've ever walked to to the ground. Uh, so you go past Hull Hospital, which is an incredible mural at the side that anyone who looks on my Twitter of, uh, of an NHS woman with a mask. I'm trying to get some positives out here. And then there's some amazing supporters bars, like the Gas Club. Uh, so I didn't have any gear at like town colours on so like kind of went in uh, there and had a few pints so there were quite a few beers that I've had under three pounds so but yeah get the positives out of the way be honest Mark when I bought the ticket I knew what I was signing up for mate I knew it'd be a backs to the wall the Leeds game has obviously done a lot of damage uh, psychologically you know to to us uh, Darren Moore were criticised heavily uh, by us really uh, for being very open so I expected it to be tight you know and it was interesting though, Matt, because there was it seemed to be about twelve hundred fans there, and and they were very supportive. And even at the end, mate, they they clapped the team off. Mm. So I think now you've got your your hardcore that are just going whatever whoever the manager is, and you've got your your people social media who's had enough for more, or you know the Warnock lovers that will give more anything, and that as well. That, that that was where the vitriol was coming, but it obviously there was. I just agree with Johnny. I just don't think we could. I just didn't see anything different, mate, to be honest with you, what we could do. Part of me wished Hull was a bit better than they are, but were they, were they that nullified because of what we did? Like, let's give us, let's give ourselves a bit of credit. You I know, think they're a good side, mate. I think they're a good side, Hull. I yeah. think they'll be in around the, yeah. I think they'll be close. I don't think they'll be in the top six, but I think they'll be yeah. close to it. Um, they're, yeah. they're a decent side and I think, I think it worked. What we were doing worked to a point. It's just 
the, the problem you've got is that if you play like that and then you lose, then the fans will go bananas because it, it's yeah. it's just so bad to watch and the ends don't, and if the end doesn't justify the means, then people will, will quite rightly be annoyed with it because they pay money to watch it, they pay money to be entertained, and it, it's dull. It is dull, it's horrible, it's turgid, it's just... Mm. But this is, this is... And I think the annoying thing is, this is... This, we're rerunning last season. This is where we were 12 months ago and the club's learnt nothing in the last 12 months. We're back exactly where we were 12 months ago with uh, Wondermark Fothering and where he, he had, the, like I said, he had the same epiphany whereby he tried to play, I think he was 3-5-2, wasn't it, at Rotherham where he played Warden Rhodes up front and then realised that if we tried to attack, then we were crap, we, the back door was wide open and we'd lose that way. So he, he went the same way and it was dull and he... He never got the fans back, mostly because of his personality. And Cosa, you always say town fans need a character as manager, and I always I always agree with that point as well. Darren Moore's not a character, is he? When he comes across in the no, interviews, he's no. he's hard to warm to if he's not one of yours. Yeah. West Brom loved him from being a player. Uh, I think Barnsley fans loved him. Bradford fans loved him as a player. And and I've, I've known people who've worked with him who love him. They th- say behind the scenes he's fantastic. He's really inspirational. He's brilliant but he's not a media guy and and it's and it's hard to hold that against him it's if that's not his thing it's not his thing but that's the only little chink into you know the only little sneak through the curtain that we get isn't it with Darren Moore is is his press conferences and people will think wow if he's that boring in there if he's that boring in a press conference he's probably that boring in real life and this is why his football's boring and everybody sort of connects all these dots don't they whether they're right or wrong um and if you're like I said, I'll go back to it. If you're paying money to watch this, listen to this, you're not paying money for very long because it's just, it's just not fun, no, is it? It's but, just but not I think, fun, mate. I think, I think the difference is though, Matt, is that you've got someone like Sober Thomas, who for me is working twice, three times as hard as under Mark Fotheringham, mate. So there are the players are playing for him as as bad as they maybe are playing for him. There's people putting in big shits, people going down with cramp like Edmund Green, who's. <laughs> You know, he's it, so it unfit, isn't he, Reg? He's so unfit. He's, 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 no. <laughs> to, 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 to think that the spine, Matt, you've got Kylo Lin leading the line and Edmunds Green like as a kind of almost like two older midfielders. Yeah. It's, it's pretty depressing, really, mate. And this is championship football, mate. This isn't much about in League One where you can get away with stuff. We're playing all. I just think if we'd have gone fire with fire, it would have been another Leeds job. I expected, you know, what it, you know, even, I think the trouble is later on the game, I can Obviously, I'll come to that tweet that apart later on. People would have done anything different, but it's like, I just would you roll the dice and changed anything and, and gone for it and that as well. I think there's a lot of people said Warnock would have. Would he have really though? Maybe, maybe not. What Warnock well, I, has I just a different think, style, doesn't it? Warnock, Warnock would have. Warnock realised very quickly that we can't pass a football, and we just went very long and we just we just turned teams around. It was it was you know put the ball at, at times it would put the ball in the corner and make teams turn and face and then and do things in their opposition and we would swarm forward when the ball was sort of in and around the, the opposition penalty box. We don't under Darren Moore. We, we're very reticent to commit any bodies forward at all uh, and that's another reason why people are getting, um, I'd say, offended by watching <laughs> by watching the last two games. But it's, you know, do you we think- need a happy medium somewhere, don't we, for some games. It's, I mean, Holloway... It's a bit hard it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a bit of a hypothetical question. I think a few people might not not necessarily like it because they kind of speak like talking more realist terms than, than we do. But if if Warner was still in charge of Huddersfield, do you do you, do you genuinely think we'd have many more points than we do right now? On, I, only I one or two. The reason why I asked that, no. only one or two. Yeah, no, the reason no, why I injury list. Because, it's the injury list which has killed, no, killed Darren. I, I agree, and I'm just trying to think how you can judge more and. He's, he's got the players he's got and somebody might be able to do better. I don't know who. We had someone who, do you know what I mean, from, from pedigree and recent history of Huddersfield is probably the best we could have got. And you think how many more points Warnock would have got? You never know. Which, I mean, people say, well, that's a stupid question because it's not the reality of it. But if it's only one or two, then you could have probably come to the conclusion that Moore's not done that bad a job really, has he? What we've lost though, Johnny, is we've lost unity, haven't we? And that's that's the that's the thing across the yeah. board. And and. Because he's made the point there, there are players playing for him, and I agree. Sober Thomas has been great, hasn't he? Last well, since Darren Moore came in, he's working really hard. I thought he was probably yeah, our best good. player again on Saturday. He didn't really 
didn't didn't do anything in terms of you know the attacking third, but he, he worked hard. He, he, he played well. The back back defenders, the back three, Ben Jackson's mm. doing all right. You know, at wing back, right wing back at the minute. There was there was one thing though, Matt, that was weird. Just to counter it, an old fan that I know uh, through cricket and that he says he says I couldn't understand what Moore were on about at the end when he was. I don't know if it came across an eye follow, but uh, Lee Nichols, we had a corner, didn't we? And Lee Nichols, he were like, shall I come? Shall I not? Shall I come? And Moore just blanked him. So he were like, he were a bit of a shambles. He were like, there, there, there. Shall I go? They got to the halfway line. He went back. He went back, and he eventually went. He made the decision himself. It was, it was such a weird incident. Was that you know, just like yeah, it's almost kind of, you know, you know, and that was what was going on there. And that then, was with ten seconds left, wasn't it? And you know that, yeah, that, that was it. it, it but, didn't but they seem are to... playing for him, Matt. Yeah. They are playing for him. But it's just, I think the post put a message in that group the other day. I think. I just I don't know if it's this kind of psychology thing, but under Warnock, he always felt he could pull something out of the fire, that hope. And I do, I, I hate bagging someone for the character, Matt, because it's just we're all different people, yeah. aren't we? You wouldn't want a world full of me, so we wouldn't want a world full of you, though, Johnny. No, definitely but, not, no. Like, not me, anyway. But I just think you you can get away with, with a bit more if you're a bit of a of a character, really, even if the results aren't going well. And I just think it just, that and more is just, it's getting to a stage now, Matt, I'm back kind of where it, Bothering him really. I don't, I don't want to watch any pre-match interviews. No, I don't. I don't. I, I didn't want to listen to his interview yesterday because I, I just yeah. know what he's going to say. And uh, but but ultimately, unlike Fotheringham, I think you can see that they're 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 playing for him. But it's just, I I just think with the Warnock, I mean the, the twelve hundred or so that were in that ground, Matt, they, they they were good. They were they didn't have a go at him. There were no abuse like at Leeds and stuff because I think you just left with those who's town thick and thin that die. The others is like I'll oh, maybe come back if there's something to watch because. You knew what you were buying yesterday, your ticket. You knew we were going to get served up that. But it's just so, it's just exactly like you say, Matt. We're just back where we were 12 months ago. And, uh, but you, you speak to other, we do this with a lot of other teams. So I've just done something with Southampton and, and their guys, like journalists, I'm saying, I can't believe you got Dallin Moore in. Uh, you know, it just, it, and then I think the thing that's doing the rounds, Matt, as well, it's, it's kind of the uh, Mark uh, Cartwright kind of quote about, in fact, I'll dig it out while while you two chat. But it's, yeah, it's about it was almost like attacking yeah. football. Caramel, we brought him in it's for not, his but, attacking but, football. But, yeah. but it was something else. But again, it's just like the tools at disposal are, are pathetic, really, and that as well. And uh, I think even more depressing, we've got another game against Southampton after the national break. We're going to come with all guns blazing, and again, it's just going to be another five four one job in it. And uh, yeah, well, this is where it's going to be like till January. Mate. This is this is where it's like yeah. now till till yeah. January. Although. You know, we might get a couple of players back. I know people will roll their eyes when you say Danny Ward, but Mark, it's a body, you know. Do you think that Ipswich game would just, just, uh, it just seems so out of sync with anything else we've seen under Moore? What, what, what was that? Just a one off, a fluke? Because we played great football. We were on the front foot. Did we have, obviously, we didn't have as many injuries as they, but it just seems that just seems a anomaly that game, mate, compared to everything else we've seen. It just seems a bit of a strange one. I think Darren Moore got. Got a one or two over Ipswich last year, didn't he, with Sheffield Wednesday? So I think Darimon knew how to play Ipswich. So um so I think he was quite au fair with their their team and it was essentially press high with the two, you know, the pace of Karoma and, and Bergsorg. Okay, they're not hundred meter sprinters or anything, but they're they're relatively quick and we just got into them, yeah. didn't we? And as soon as um well, I think that one or two of them went off with seventy minutes and Hogg went off, that was it, wasn't it? We were we were out of the game. But it, yeah, I think he just knew what to do with it switch and, and we did it well and the players did it and and to be fair oh, that we were pretty much off the back of what were we off the back of two wins two draws we were unbeaten in four or something at that point so the you know the confidence yeah. was a little bit higher and since then so, it's just sorry, it's Matt, dipping just a, isn't it just another question as, as well to you guys and that as well and again is it just purely because we conceded like we did yesterday but we played no different to what we did the week before against Watford then we were at home then we were playing a team who were who were arguably kind of on a par, maybe a bit better than us, but was, and everyone were, were quite, not say buzzing, but they were bought into the game, bought into the result. The crowd were really good. It was almost like, good point. I'm, I can't, honestly, I, I've got critics in some of the WhatsApp groups, you'll all have them. And they were like, that's good. I can't knock that. That was a good point. We did exactly the same as So if that the goal don't go in, Matt, are we, are we, is that exactly the same in track? That because well, yeah, this, is what, this is, is what I said 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Is it, is no, this is what I said 10 minutes ago. That's what I meant 10 minutes ago. If the ends don't, we've set up the same, if the ends yeah. don't justify yeah. the means, then people will, will lose it if you play like that. But if, you know, like I say, if we'd have got nil, nil at Hull, people would have been like, that's a, that's a brilliant point. That will take that all day. But you lose the game, whether it's the first minute or the last minute, people will be, you know, uh, you're losing in the last minutes of kicking the balls. And to be honest, it's a lucky goal, isn't it? I know Hull deserved to win the game. Let's let's be honest, Hull 
deserve to win that game. There's no, you can't put any, you can't put, you can't put any argument that we deserved anything from that game. But the ball comes across, and the guy miscontrols it to um, to Dilap, doesn't he? And Dilap finishes it well. Um, but it's it's a miscontrol. It's it's probably you know Hull probably argues a stroke look they deserved. Mm. So it, it's just one of those one of those things. But if we get away with a nil nil at Hull, who are t- who are trying to go for the top six, it's a brilliant result. Um, it, and I don't think anyone cares how you get it. It's just when you play like this and you lose, people will will just go on a bit of a spiral downwards because it's it's honestly, if you're playing like this and you're losing, it, it's soul crushing stuff because there's there's li- you're playing without hope, you're playing without any flair, excitement, and it's just you're just literally watching your team get battered for well, not battered, but you. You're watching a team knock on your door for 90 minutes and just hiding behind your couch effectively. And it's just it's just not what people want to watch. Um, no one wants to watch it, not even in Eastern Europe where they used to play 4-5-1 four, four, every week and play like this. No one wants to watch that. And especially after I've just watched Chelsea and Man City today, I watched that and I was just like, oh, this is so this is light years away from what we play. It's it's depressing stuff. And it's only one it's one division, but it's it's one division, but it's absolutely light years away. And that was just, I was just like, I can't remember a game ever watching us where, where it was 4-4. And it got me thinking, when was the last time we saw a 4-all draw? And it's like, it's probably more recent than I imagine. But I, when's that? Chef Wednesday. Chef Wednesday. I remember Derby. I remember Derby in the second tier. I think Oscar Goburn scored and um, Reese James scored from a corner. But I think that might be the last time. In the pre-match press conference, Matt, I think Leon Wopsel were like saying, it's trying to give comparisons. I think it's trying to like give a bit of hope to Dalmoy that when when Rossini took over, kind of twelve months ago, the same position, the club were in the mess just above their dotted line of relegation. Who was spending money? Who was throwing money? But that's going to mean they spent five million on one guy. We spent one million on someone, and that's it. There's nothing yeah. else. That I, I can buy into all that and think, yeah, it'd be great twelve months later. But the, the biggest crime with that philogene, the that. biggest crime with that philogene is that they don't sing Michael Jackson and they sing that absolutely criminal Hull fans. Get Michael Jackson belted out with philogene. But um, yeah, that, look, Hull spent a lot of money last year, spent a lot of money this year. Um, we don't spend money. We don't look like we're going to spend money or, or big or big money anyway. We might spend a few hundred thousand here and there maybe and, and maybe if we spend it smartly, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm not sure we've got the luxury of spending our way out of this. Is what where I'm trying to go with that. When we desperately need five or six first team players, um, we've got five or six decent first team players who would get in a lot of teams. I think you know you look at Helic, Redoni, and Lee Nichols, and maybe a couple of others who who get in quite a few teams. But attacking wise, it's you know it's it's really 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 poor, and we've been here for. Windows, haven't we? Lee Brom, I remember Lee Bromby saying we just need, like, we need, just need that sprinkling of stardust up front, and nothing came. Obviously, no money to spend. The January window, we're bringing in Martin Wagon and what have you, and Florian Camberry, cause his favourite. And then this win, and then this window again, we failed again. It's just, it's just, it's it's just a constant grinding down of town fans, and there's a lot of people sort of will will say, I'd, I'd kill for my team to be in the second tier. It's it's brilliant. And it is great in the second tier, but when I think there was a um, somebody calculated Huddersfield Town were in the bottom six for most games lost over the last five years or something, and that just it just slowly grinds away at you, doesn't it? The defeats and the you know the the poorness of it, the, and it's just you, and you just sort of get a bit fed up, don't you? And I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't blame any Town fan. Like, uh, you know, we've got no academy, we've got no proper academy. You know, players coming through, we've got maybe one in Tom Yapenda. But there's nothing, there's nothing really where you can look to the future and go, yeah, this is going to be, you know, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. Because to be honest, Kevin Nagel and Co haven't really said the world have said bits, but they haven't really done anything yet, or not really had time to do anything yet. Let's be honest. But you know, in January we need, we need something whereby we can hang our hat. We need a player we can say, I want, I want to go watch him this weekend and. We just need something to get excited about because at the minute it just feels like it just feels like a death spiral, doesn't it? The football club in and I think I think the other thing is like it's so hard to know it's so not, it's so hard to know who to kind of blame or direct your frustration. Oh, I know I'd blame because <laughs> I know we're blame, but I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> yeah, I guess who, I guess who's there now? So like you've got you've got the boards. Well, they're still relatively new. I know they've had a window to to do things with, but. 
I think it's a fair enough excuse to say judges in a year, a year and a half. I think that's not unfair for them to say, depending what happens in January, depending what happens next summer. You've got a manager who's still relatively new and Scott, we've just said he's got a poor squad and we wouldn't necessarily know what else to do with it. So can you actually blame him? Or you've got the players, but then we've equally said the players are they're trying. We've not got a situation like we had last season or the season before or when coming out of the Premier League, you've got players who are just turning up, getting paid and, and, and walking off and not out caring for the club because they are doing. So it's almost like, but the situation is still dreadful. So, and that's why I struggle a little bit. It's where do you kind of like direct your frustrations to? Or do you direct frustrations to people who are no longer got ability to, to run or make decisions for the football club? Latter for me, but I mean, you can't, mm. I, I mean, a lot of people when they come in, they, they, make a bit of a splash immediately. I mean, I mean, you look at where they came from, Kevin Nagel and Jake Edwards and Mark Cartwright. They came in or were alerted to Huddersfield Town when we were pasting, well, not pasting, but when we were winning games under Neil Warnock end of last season. Anybody who could for, be forgiven for starting at that point and going, the shit out these lot, they're really good. It's a decent side, this. And then getting to the end of the window and just going, nah, we just need to roll this on a little bit while we get our feet under the table and and really, it's it's a house of cards, isn't it? One injury and it's all starting to fall underneath. And what what went wrong really is that they got rid of 20, 20 odd, close to 30, if you, if you count the B-teamers and stuff, players, and replaced them with four. And last year, anybody would have told you, this time last year, what happened was players got injured and Mark Fotheringham had a better squad than what Darren Moore's got. This is why I struggle to completely blame Darren Moore for a lot of this. Mark Fotheringham had a better squad. He had more players to pick from. And then now we just we're absolutely grinding at the bare bones now. It's just and and the bench. Can you believe it, Matt? Can you read this bench out? Well, we couldn't even name. We couldn't even name a full one last week. So you know, no. How fit Cutlass Coroma must have been for not to get on? I bet we're talking twenty five percent or something. I don't think he would have been. I, I don't think. I think he's. To be honest, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I presume he was just a body to fill a bench because we couldn't fill it otherwise. <laughs> just that's that's the way I look. We at did it. say this before the start of season, Matt. We were worried about. We said that, it. You know, know, we, said it and, we said it, and you know, Kevin Nagel had that argument. New rules, five subs. Yeah. Kevin Nagel had that argument with Pause on Twitter. The, the famous. Not now, Ginger, which is brilliant. Which we use that as a meme. We use that as a meme against Pozzer all the time in his in our WhatsApp group. Don't we? But you know, and and he, he said, look, this squad's decent. It just needs a winning mentality, and it, you can't develop a winning mentality when you're losing every week and you're defending for your lives. It's just not possible. That you know, it's not, it's not joined up. This, this is five six years of underinvestment since the second season of the Premier League, which is really coming home to bite us now because. It, it's just the, the, the situation where we find ourselves in. You know, people have, like I said last week, people have kicked the can of investment down the road for years at this football club. Um, and I know investment means spending your own money and it's easy to spend someone else's money. Yeah, I, I do get it. It's really easy. And, and fair enough, if someone hasn't got money they can't spend, then they can't spend it. If someone doesn't want to spend any money, any money anymore, then they don't want to. And that's, 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 that's just the situation. And part of me is frustrated that, that we find ourselves in this situation despite selling billing for 18 million and all, all that stuff that we ended up with you know reese brown to replace him five years ago and, and that it's just it's just a catastrophe you know a catalog of issues such as that from years ago and we we just when we got promoted to the premier league we just didn't have the staff in place that we we said it at the time before we started the podcast we didn't have the we didn't have the squad we didn't have the staff to get promoted to the premier league it's just and um it's just killed us off, hasn't it? Really, uh, the whole Premier League thing, and then Dean selling—it's just really sort of ended up where we are, and it's—it's it's just it's a depressing fall. But you know, at some point, you've got to bottom out and and work your way back up, and that's that's what you, we're looking at now. You know, Kevin Nagel's got it. Hopefully, we, we this is this is a bottoming out process, and January we can start to rise back up again. Because the longer we start being miserable on this podcast, the more people are going to start switching off at this point. So let's yeah. try and lift it back the up. Thing is, Matt, but, the, the biggest positive for us is that league table, mate. Because amazingly, we're four points ahead of safety. There's still above us Plymouth and Coventry can't get away there. It's bad. I think there's the good. There seems to be a real gap. I, I mean, they, they meant Dave and, and Steve mentioned it on their podcast the other day, but. It just feels even more than ever that you know, say Southampton leads and Leicester, it's just like another stratosphere. Oh yeah, the, I think, the, the, the well, gap, the well, gap between the two divisions now is just yeah. ridiculous, and it? it's just 
bollocks, really. So, I mean, one or two people are pointing out to me, Matt, that's like, oh, we treated all like Real Madrid or what have you. But, all decent, and I can all kind decent. of see where they're coming from a little bit. But, but the directors, mate, if we'd have gone, gone open as we had against Leeds, we'd have... Look at that three they've got. Look at the, they've got Liam Delap up front, who's on loan from Man City, who's thought of as one of, you know, the the heir apparent to Harry Kane in a couple of years. You know, he's very highly rated, is, is, is Delap. You know, they've got Jean-Michel Serri in midfield, who's, you know, Premier League player, really. They've got... Too fan, you know, an international. They've got Jaden Philogene, who they sing a shit song about and really should change that. He plays for England under 21s, have spent five million quid on him. They've got Aaron Connolly off the bench. Yeah. They've got Ruben Vinagre, who played the Premier League for Wolves. They've got, they've got all sorts the there. Quality. They've got a far better yeah. team than people are giving yeah. them credit for. It's a good team, is what Hull have got. And even in defence, with um, Jacob Greaves, the uh, defender, he, he's rated at like 10 million by Hull. You know, he's come through the Hull Academy. It's a good team. It really is a good team. Scott Twine. He's not quite hit the heights yet, but he's a good player as well. St. Burnley signed him last year. It's it's a, it, Honestly, it's a really good team. We'll be pushing the top six. You have to give them respect. It's a good side and, and a good manager. I really like Liam Rosina as well. So I I, I, I think if I was a whole fan, yeah, I'd, be, think, I'd be absolutely over the moon at the minute and quite rightly. Yeah, I, I do that podcast with the, the, the Yorkshire fans guys on Thursday and their, their guy, he wants to show the stats even if they were playoff quality, but he's seen enough already to think that they're, they're going to have a good go at it this year and that as well. But, it's just like to me, Matt. I just kind of think who's going to hurt. Yeah, we saw what Thomas's are, you know, best asset really. But people are doubling up on him. I mean, he were getting kicked off the place yeah, yesterday, and that's well. But he's a cross. Cr- his attitude, mate, it just kept going. Yeah, his attitude were good though, mate. He kept coming back up for more. I think. I think the fans are kind of warming to again, and we know the windows, the uh, the crooks for yeah, us. But I mean, do you, do you think Matt is going to be an outsell? Do you think? Yeah, I do. If you're, a, I do. The, yeah, the long. This do. is what this is the point I was making in August as well. Um, if if you know you need to get the players in now, you can't be crap for four months because people won't want to sign for you if you're bottom three. You know, the, the, a lot of players will say, "No, I'm not signing up for a relegation scrap." Whereas at the start of the season, then it's a lot different, isn't it? It's it's different. It will alter the perception of Huddersfield Town yeah. to players coming in. So this is why it's so important for us to you know try and keep our head above water until January because if we're if we're bottom by five six points, I, I don't think we will be. But if we are. That's such a hard. That's much yeah. harder to sell them in five six points above the relegation zone. It's just the way. Johnny, do you think that not not just for transfer business, but if we, how psychologically damaging will it be if we drop into that bottom three by January as as well? Because people are saying. I mean, I've looked at the December fixtures. To be fair, they looked a bit more brighter, but I just think it's all of a sudden. Then yeah, with Southampton, we we don't know, but Preston. You know, they're decent. All of a sudden, decent at Preston. I think we were saying how bad they were. Preston, the back, they're about fifth now, aren't they? They're back in there, so. It's kind of crunch time. We've, we've got to like chisel stuff out, but you know, it's just, you just can't expect anything. Next Swansea, Southampton, you Sunderland, yeah. you can't see anything but any defeats. It's worrying it. It's, you can't just sell, we'll just turn a couple of players in or a few players in, in January, early in January, and it'll be fine because you, you, you've got to kind of, every player that turn will be after, other, other teams will also be after, you'd, you'd hope they're going to have a certain choice to make. If you're looking at a team who I don't know, similar to town, um, like Millwall, who are kind of like mid table, go towards the, the, the higher, the certain higher than us towards lower mid table. You think, well, can you go there? A bit of an easier situation. You think the restroom might be a bit nicer than than it is at town because it's a it's a struggle. Um, then yeah, it, it might generally be harder to attract place. I think if we can if we can stay in touch, it's only going to help us in in all ways. Do you know what I mean? For the second half of the season. I do look. I do look at the fixtures we've got coming before Christmas, and that they they are tough. But then every game in the championship is tough. There's a few there you probably highlight and pick out and say where we probably can get points. We get a couple of wins and a draw. Luckily, teams below us seem equally as bad. And there's like you say, there are teams like Plymouth who are sinking. But yeah, it, it's a very good point. And if you're looking to kind of hang your hat on, do you know what I mean, signing a few players in January, and suddenly they move towards the end of the window because they want to have a look around and see who else is. Available to them by way of a club, and then you scrap around and you miss out on one or two, and that was the entire season hung on getting those players in. It doesn't happen, um, like we saw in the summer. It, it, it's a gamble, um, and it, it is a worry. So it, it's not just where we are on the table from a points perspective and staying in the division. It's also be able to get people signed up quickly and get get them playing and get them in games in January, not just waiting to in the January February, but. I think any player, I think you do probably look a little bit further than where where the team is. And if you if you kind of come with a few more, you probably think, all right, well, you can be the player to turn them around. 
Um, but for us, we need we need to be signing experienced championship players who want want to come and be attracted to the football club. If we're sat six points adrift, looking like it's doomed, clearly issues with the dressing room, fans out going, manager might be sacked by then. It, it's not an attractive proposition for anyone looking to come into, and they've got a choice to go elsewhere. You see, you mentioned that unity though thing, Matt. I bring that poll in that part earlier on, but. I- you know, I get I was pissed off a bit with Darren Moore yesterday again for going down the tunnel. I could maybe half understand it against Leeds because he was getting some vitriol stood in, but I just can't have that. You know, we've uh, you know we've come over there, we supported, cost of living. The team, honestly, team to a man came over. They were absolutely shattered, so I could barely get up off the floor, mate, and give us a good hand. But for the leader just to piss off down the tunnel after the game, it's just not on, and I, I just can't have it. And you know, I put a poll out there thinking, is, am I just like sounding off, you know, just because a bit of anger of the defeat? But to be fair, 74% of people says, you know, it's wrong that, you know, a bit out of order, 26% couldn't care less on that as well. But, and and that for me, that I just think at a time where, you know, more needs all the friends he can get and that as well. It's to me, that should be it's just standard fair, even if he's not coming all the way over to the fans, Mark, just come over on some of the pitch and at least clap just to do a Simeon and to piss down. So I just can't have it. And it's just little things like that that just kind of turn turning me off, Matt. And it's interesting, some Wednesdayites come on there and that as well. So that's quite surprised me because, you know, when he was at Hillsborough, he did that all the time and stuff like that as well. So it's really weird. It, you know, if you're going to show leadership, mate, I, I think you've just got to be, be be bigger than that. When I think of Fotheringham and, and that infamous night at Blackpool, the last <laughs> game when he got sacked, Jesus, he, he came right over. And to be fair, the abuse Richard was bad as I've ever known. And it, it kind of the still kept after coming. And then obviously... Yeah, he took it round and then he turned it out. But, mate, he used to get as much as once. I used to admire his stubbornness, you know, as because we were so bad when we under him. But he kept coming over and he kept clapping and he would get to effing and jeffing. But I'm sorry, mate, as a leader, you've got to show, you've got to come across. I just thought he would have poor luck, mate, yesterday with the group gone over and, and he's and he's not there. And so, so a few people said that's not what he does. But, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, it might not be like a Wagner bit where he's going all four corners. You can at least wave, can't you? Like that. It's, a, you know, yeah, it's at least a light short. But the trouble is, it's little things like that that are just turning people off and that as well. There's people putting, you know, just like, uh, just lack of it, lack of leadership. Uh, to be fair, someone's put here, to be fair, they've gone over they got both barrels from the support, but so just avoiding a flashpoint. But it isn't the actions of the club united and in it together. The chairman not on the... Uh, Anymore was always going to happen after a few months. Even when, when it when it's going good, it's toxic, and you know someone else put the bare minimum. I really expect. I don't give a shit what he thinks privately about the fan base, but these little things add up to form the general apathy of our club and the disconnect with the supporters at the moment. Someone's put even fathering and mentioned mentioned it as well. Out of order feels a bit strong, but it's poor form. Don't mind as long as he someone's put a don't, don't mind as long as he keeps running, doesn't look back on, he stops stranding his CV, but. And people, yeah, it should be a given. People spend their time and money and follow the team. And so acknowledging that should be the bare minimum, not first time he's done it either. So it's, I just I just think you've got to give yourself, I get we're disappointed because at last minute, there's no one disappointed in the fans, the players, but you've got to, you can't, I just don't think you can do that, mate. And, and so I just wanted to do it as a poll just to see whether I just like. I'm never, I'm know, never overly, general, I'm never overly fussed for these things, but I think whoever, whoever it said about no. the, um, the unity thing again, it's, you know, it's it's an easy win, isn't it? To get fans on side to go over and and just be human and say thank you, even if you've lost. It's just it's just an easy thing to to get to get a couple of people on side, and it's just you know it's he's shooting himself in the foot really by just storming off. I guess uh, I understand why he stormed off against yeah. Leeds after some of the songs, and I don't blame him for that. But you know when the crowd's been pretty good as they were at Hull, um, the least you can do is sort of like thumbs up, wave, thanks. Sorry, we're off now. Um, it's not it's not hard to do that. Um, no, I do think. I mean, I said it on radio, but I honestly do think, and you've agreed with me that, like earlier on about. That I just think Uddersfield fans need a character. I, I, I think like even leaders, it, they're like accountable leaders, don't they? And I, 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 yeah, um, I know Neil Warnock. It's, it's, a, it's a dying breed. There's no Neil well, Jacko, Warnock. Jacko Jacko was like that. Wagner was like that. Yeah, Jacko. Um, yeah. Because even in defeat, you can get you can get away with stuff, and you oh, can go on bad runs. But people are still was a character, credit, to be fair, wasn't he? He was just the wrong type. But um, yeah, the people like yeah, Dean Hoyle, people like Sean Jarvis, you know, yeah. the, all the people that are popular at Huddersfield yeah. tend to be the ones who stick the head above above the parapet and and talk to you know, just be human and talk to fans. And it's easy, yeah. it's easy for you know, it's easy. It goes a long way in Huddersfield. It's just. 
the yeah. way it is, but I think we've talked too long. I'm we, we need to uh, we need to roll in yeah, a couple yeah, of our I, features. I just to close it, the minute, I was kind of walking back into all thinking, am I, am I making a big deal out of it? Just anger and uh, the, the disappointment with the game. But I just, I've walked up today and think, no, mate, that's just like the minimum we expect from a leader. Even Mick Buxton probably the clats, but don't just piss off that tunnel, man. That's crap. What do you reckon, John? Are you bothered by it? Are you, or are you sort of just round it up? I think, I think it's just one of them where if you, if you turn around, walk over and give a bit of a clap, you just alleviate any of this. Yeah. Don't you really? So it's just an easy um, win, isn't it? It's a few managers. It's a few managers have clapped to fans who, <laughs> to I mean, not clapping back. Let's say to keep it clean, but it just <laughs> it just eliminates it. It just eliminates any like talk and stuff. And it probably it probably doesn't mean anything at what we've read into it. It's probably just fearing about performance or wants to get down or it's got something to do. or might be going to the toilet. We don't know. But if you just turn around, clap, walk over, and a bit of a wave, and then walk off, it just it just negates anything. So I think from a PR perspective, yeah. It's just, it's just doing it, but it's just bad, yeah. it does, I don't get too upset by it equally. You know, I'm, I'm the same as you. Um, right, so we, you've heard you've heard us a lot whinging. Uh, let's let's speak to someone who's happy. Um, it's a Hull fan and it's Ant from to Hull, the Hull and Back podcast. Yeah, so a quick one before the game. Um, I'm actually strangely optimistic now um, going into a Huddersfield game, which is uh, unusual for me because I'm used to us playing Huddersfield and no matter how bad they're doing, Still coming away with three points or at least a point against us. Um, but obviously, Jaden Philgene's back, and I feel like he can single handedly win you a game with a moment of magic at any time. So he was desperately missed at West Brom last week when we lost. Um, you know, we, we got about three or four injuries to key players before that game, which was a, a big shock to the system, I think. And the squad looked unbalanced because of it. But Tufan coming back into the side, obviously, he was on fire before he got injured. We've got Tufan Philogene. The lap, you know, we've got a lot of Scott Twine, we've got a lot of firepower up there, so um, for me, it's not going to be a straightforward win. I just feel like we'll have too much quality um, in, in the attacking sense. I do feel like others will come here and give us a, a tough game that they're, they're going to sit deep, I'd imagine, and try and hold us off, and they're the kind of games that we struggle in, so maybe time for Scott Twine to get this set-piece specialist label that we've not quite seen from him yet um, out in the open for us to see, but you know, like we say, um, there's, there's still that little bit of pessimism in me because it's Huddersfield and you'll probably grab a header from a corner and win 1-0, but we're a different Hull City this year. Um, we're only heading in one direction in the minute as a club, um, off the field, on the pitch. You know, it's, it's very positive in the minute, very constructive and it's nice. You know, the stadium's full again. It's it's great. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very optimistic to say 2-0 win Hull City today. Yeah, so post-match thoughts. Um, very frustrating game from my perspective. Um, we knew Huddersfield were going to come sit deep and make it hard for us, but um, I don't think we were quick enough in some of our play. Uh, we were too ponderous at times. Um, enjoyed passing it around the back too much and, and didn't ask enough questions, I don't think. Um, I think 1-0 um, you know, was quite a... A, a low scoreline based on the chances we had, you know, but that's been our issue all season. We've been wasteful in the final third, and that was just another game like it, you know, with the post. A couple of good saves from um, Huddersfield's goalkeeper, to be fair, but obviously for us in the in the stadium, it was just <laughs> Huddersfield time wasting from the off. Um, you know, little niggly fouls slowing the game. Um, you know, it, it was one of those where we had to try and take the impetus as a as a side, and we, we kind of played the way that Huddersfield wanted us to, and that added to the frustration, I think, but. Definitely deserve three points, I think. Um, you know, coming late on the lap, you know, if you try and try. If you don't succeed, try again. Um, you know, it's another clean sheet and it's a positive way to build on. We've got a good run of games coming up. I think we've got Swansea in there. But other than that, we've also got Rotherham and QPR and Watford. So we've got sides now that we can, you know, try and look at building on um, and get a, getting at least, you know, 12, 12 points at least, I would say, would be the aim, 10 points minimum. Um, but yeah, um, good result for us in the end. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, Ant's happy even if his dog isn't in the background there. So, um... <laughs> Is that what, I tell you what though, Matt, I don't, don't you... I just feel a little bit envious, though, like, say, as a club. I felt that yesterday, mate. They're on the up. The crowds, they've obviously priced it up right. They're, they're exciting team, exciting young manager. They Everyone seems to be on the same page, mate. And mm. when he was saying it there, it's, yeah, I'm a bit jealous, really, of... Uh, yeah. Obviously, if we're a year behind, if we can be like this in a year, but it just feels like we're miles away from like that at the moment. But you never know. Yeah, one, of, one of the first things that their owner did, um, they call him the Turkish Simon Cowell, excuse me, <clears throat> they call him the Turkish Simon Cowell, don't they? Uh, you know, one of the first things he did was bring in a massive uh, Turkish airline sponsor. Um, that's, you know, the sort of things that we need to be doing quite pronto with sponsors, isn't it? You know, that's how you get your your money up, mm. etc. But uh, yeah, so uh, we also, so the away day logs back. Uh, we got somebody very special to do it this week. Um, nobody wants to do it anymore. We've got, I've got a volunteer for Millwall uh, in the future. So if you want to do the away day log, please do it. Otherwise, this guy's going to do it. So it's 20 past two. Just walking to the stadium. My bus didn't turn up, which is bad. I've fallen off a buffet in a bar after two pints. That's poor. But I'm looking for a good fish and chip shop and I've been told by a local that a fish and chip shop is absolute class. A bit further up, so hopefully we can get a few positives before the uh, the pain begins because I don't know about anyone else, but I don't think I'm going to get anything out of the game today, but I hope this is going to bite me on the arse come five to five. Fish shop update. Disaster. Cash only. It's unbelievable, it's 2023, but you know, cash only. So yeah, batter tosses and chips, that's all I had to spend. But I walked away, I wanted a fish, I was bigger than that. I walked away, mate, he walks away. Trouble is, I'm walking right towards the MKM Stadium. <laughs> Shall I walk back? God. 10 minutes to kick off, we've got Alison Cheney. Alison, what are you thinking, mate? I I'm just thinking defeat. I'm thinking it's very defensive again, and... I'm, I'm I'm hoping that we can we can hold that that for at least an hour and we'll see what happens. What's your thoughts on Darren Moore, mate? I think we need to give him a chance. We've got a lot of injuries, and I know people, other people's thoughts on him. But who got who can be better? Good point. Good point. Score predictions. Nil two. Town. Town. Wow. I think she's been drinking up the town. Oh. Now then, half time, nil nil. I thought the deep were well, that place in all where you brought the uh, family for a day out, but it's the town team. Uh, we've got Boobie's son here. What do you make of the first half, mate? It's better than Leeds, isn't it? At least we're not far down. Oh, absolute belting. We're not far down, but uh, yeah, not bad. We uh, we came out about 15 minutes, so till about 36 minutes, then came back down for the beer. Not great, but. Up the fucking terriers, man. About second half, what would you do? Would you change anything, mate? Like, try and get into Wolves half or all? <laughs> yeah, I'd try and move out of our own half for a start. You know, um, yeah, I'd go... <laughs> Expert analysis here at the MKM Stadium. Nil, nil. All of the sales. We're not losing, though. My glasses are full, man. Of Carlin as well. Horrendous beer, bottle of Carlin and a burger, £10.10. Oosh! Oosh, just walking out of the car park. Uh, pretty disconsolate, to be honest with you. I thought, obviously the fight were there, you can't argue with that, but if you're going to play like that, you've got to see it out on your end. Whether it were a lucky ricochet or a nice lift from that guy. Yeah, oof, yeah, when it went in. And another defeat. And to be honest, it's just... It's a bit soul destroying now. We just like now we're just, you know, just sitting back. We'll do the same against Southampton, I'm sure. Just like sit deep and almost feels like we're a, a non-league club sometimes. Coming to a Championship Premier League club, just 
you know, just to make up the numbers and see what happens. God, the great days of Wagner and uh, when we were on the front foot and yeah, long gone, but yeah, some really bad body language from the lads at the end as it would be really, but for being honest mate, who dares wins Rodney, as uh, the old boy used to say and uh, yeah, don't think we deserve to lose, but it's another defeat, another grim night, drowning our sorrows up the town. I don't know who that was doing the uh, the audio log. We did a sterling job. What a whopper. What a whopper. <laughs> I don't think, what did I say? I don't think we deserve to lose. I think what I meant it were cruel ending, but yeah, don't think we deserve Maybe to the lose. fans, okay. maybe the fans didn't deserve that, but yeah. Um, yeah, right. I think what we'll do is we'll die before. Cosy, you stuck a few, uh, few tweets out here and there, didn't you? Just for um, some, uh, some feedback on stuff, but we'll very briefly touch on the news that the Huddersfield Daily Examiner will no longer be having a reporter reporting on Huddersfield Town. Um, Stephen Chicken was the only decent thing and endearing thing about the Huddersfield Examiner. He's a friend of mine, so I'm going to keep this very brief. Um, I'll never look at the Examiner again. They can get fucked because he was the, he was the only thing holding that thing up for me. Um, great guy, brilliant, uh, brilliant writer, great podcaster. Um, He'll be back in the saddle if he chooses to in absolutely no time whatsoever um, or if he decides to do something different. He, he's my mate. Wish him the best of whatever he does and, um, you know, fuck the examiner. There we go. Uh, anything <laughs> you guys want to say? Yeah, I'll, I'll add some. Um, I'm not I'm not really a huge read, to be honest. I've never really been – I don't live anywhere near by the still examiner. Um never been a massive reader. I much prefer to take things in by audio. It's a great podcast that um, – Chicken Heart should do as well, which I'd happily say I'd, I'd pay for. But Dad will definitely pay for it. He'll probably pay for stop hours and to oh, get your dad will pay. Your dad will sponsor them. But yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I just say like he's actually turned me around to reading um, articles and reading on football. And I, I regularly read his five conclusions. I regularly load up an article from Twitter to the internet, which is painful, I must say, on the examiner because if anyone suffers with like. Um, anything flashing images yeah. or anything like that or anxiety trying to read a, an article on the internet with um the examiner is painful but i do persevere if it says buy Stephen chicken i'll i'll watch the five thousand adverts I'll, I'll let the article move up and down the screen just to get the words that he's written down because he writes in such an engaging way it's so different to anything else i've read before i've, I've always read a chicken article so it's sad. It, it's sad on two points. It's sad the fact that we're going to lose him as an asset to, to I mean, the reporting media of the football club. It's also sad that um, they don't see fit to have a Huddersfield Town reporter anymore. So I question both those two things. But yeah, I've really enjoyed reading his stuff. And if he continues to report or or do anything to do with Huddersfield Town, I'll definitely try and take it in. 100%. Um, wow. Yeah, just just so jealous that the fact that I might not have to watch other seal town again but no not on as a serious point if you just I just th- remember that Neil Warnock bit of the last season you remember when Warnock uh, were praising Steve Chicken's analysis and, and changed didn't he what we were going to do on the back yeah, of the uh, Watford game wasn't it he, Steve he changed the team based yeah. on what Chicken said yeah I'm really in that good yeah honestly it's such a huge loss and, it, and it's sad though that I mean we lost uh as radio sticks a long time ago now, one hundred seven point nine. Obviously, they'd covered Huddersfield, and that was a radio station gone for the area. But this this feels bigger uh, for me, uh, and obviously we we know we know the other uh, reporters. He's been the best writer that Huddersfield's had. I think the the thing that I like about it is he's just done with a bit of humour as yeah. well. He's just always done with a bit of humour. I just think that's just a skill, and you know it's a stressful job let's be honest i mean we've we've been stressed out doing this podcast as town fans this is a guy who's had to kind of go into these press conferences we're pretty much losing football every week people getting sacked you know down people doom and gloom and stuff we've had and it's a huge loss and like you said johnny i'd happily pay you know to uh if the you know the podcast as well it's sad and obviously when you think about you know him and dave do you know at the end of season podcast as well it's I know we know the kind of newspapers were declining and, you know, I'm quite shocked yesterday before when I got my train yesterday, I was just having a look at see how much, I don't really look at newspapers now. It's incredible how much they cost. I cannot believe it. I think like one pound a heap for like Daily Express or something like that. I'll read that one. So we're obviously going to go, but it's, it's an, it's a big blow. And again, it's just like, who fills that void? Are we just, is it just going to be a crappy 
so-and-so pastor, so-and-so pastor, so-and-so pastor, so-and-so, and then nick some quotes off on the website. That just seems how it all goes. Know, but, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Apart my art song, mate, when I heard that, and, uh, yeah, his classmate, so he'll, he'll get something else. And But Uddershields, uh, again, we've lost so much in that town, mate, shops and what have you, and this is, this is huge. Yeah, look, this is gutted. Yeah, me too. It's a, ma- it's a massive loss. Like Johnny says, those five conclusions are just outstanding work out there. They're, they're always good. They're always informative. They're always funny. Um, he's never, never miserable in the way he writes, you know, and the, there are a lot of things that people won't get, you know, in, in his humor, you know, in a lot of those articles and they're, they're probably not for everyone at times, but you know, they're, they're, they're really good and on the beak, shall we say, but you know, Stephen Chicken, one of the, you know, one of the very, very best I've seen better than, I think he's the best reporter as field town have had um, when I've been reading it. And I love Mel Booth because Mel Booth was, was, was really, I love the mullet and Mel, but Stephen Chicken for me, the best, the Philip, the Philip of Mel Booth. Yeah. But for me, Stephen Chicken, the best we've had. And I think people really miss him when he's gone. Um, and I've always thought that. So you don't know what you've got till, you, till it's gone, as they say. No. But hopefully he'll stick around. But, you know. Yeah, what a crap week, Matt. We've lost that. We've, obviously, the uh, the B team went into the stadium on Friday night and were uh, pretty embarrassed against the mighty, uh, what was it, Fleetwood, wasn't it? Not 3-0, yeah. Or... I think it was more of an under-19s team, wasn't it, that played against Fleetwood. I think there's... A little bit of youth in there, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't great, especially when you consider. I think, it, yeah, I think one of the only positive things I saw this week was the, uh, I think EFL wide they were doing it on the like a community thing, and I saw a lot of clubs doing, you know, similar things as well. And the, uh, again, I always, always touch my heart things when we go to the schools and, uh, you know, the breakfast and. I mean, Darren Moore, the players, that, and, isn't he? Darren Moore, there was a really nice moment, wasn't there, where the kid had made toast for Darren Moore, and that was just a really nice touching moment. That's where maybe you know you take the media side of Darren Moore away. That's where you see more of the person that he is. And I, and I watched that and I just thought, Darren Moore, a lovely bloke, you know, <laughs> he was doing all that. And, yeah. um, you know, that's that the stuff like that's good. And, you know, all it takes is a clap before you walk down the tunnel and, you know, there's, there's easy wins. And, but, you know, anyone who wants to see what Darren Moore's like away from a, a media, although I suppose it is a bit media driven as well, isn't it? But, you know, he's a, he's a good bloke, he's Darren Moore. And I hope he does turn this around. Um, Cosy. Um, we've got about five or six minutes left. Just rifle us off. You stuck a couple of tweets out. Uh, finish this. Yeah, off, obviously. Yeah, touched on that one with the uh, you know more going down the tunnel. This was really what would you do anything different? Because luckily at work you get access to some stats, and I just sat there today. Someone says, "Have you seen a ghost?" It's, not, it's like we had three touches in the opposition box for ninety-eight minutes and seventeen seconds. It, astonishing stat. That's why people are depressed. I they? think. Yeah. Of, yeah. So I just kind of put it out there because, like, obviously, yeah, we should be doing this, that, the other. What, what would you do any different? And uh, Sean making stick Ellick up top and just pump the ball into the box. But I just I don't mean, know if we, we do, do that when it's nil, nil, <laughs> isn't it? But, I mean, we did that at points, didn't we? And, and it, it didn't win the headers. Yeah. <laughs> Anything then going into a game, just putting 10, mount, 10 men behind the ball for a scrap. Uh, Chris uh, says, with what we had yesterday and the fitness levels, I'm not sure what I've done differently. Mm. You know, tactically, the wing-backs could have been higher up and offered much more attacking with. I don't think they got over the halfway line. They didn't. Yeah, I thought, I thought uh, that was good. Island Terriers were set up like we were going away to the Bernabeu. It's one thing playing on the counter, but you have to have some sort of attacking threat. Otherwise, it's inevitably that you're going to concede. Yeah. We have a limited squad, which isn't Mo's fault, but his side looked beaten before kick-off. Brett Lodge, yeah, had a go picking a team as well. Uh, Terrier Dave, the only, the only thing he could do is look the slightest bit interested and bothered as... Look as though he was trying to do something about it. I think this is the odd thing, and obviously we'd nailed him a little bit for going down the tunnel, and, and he's kind of. I think he ever looks unbothered. I don't think he looks unbothered, Darren. No, I think again, it's the. Andy I think it's just quite a cool. I think he's just quite a calm. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. Yeah, Mark uh, said we had far too long to make any positive changes. Huddling isn't the answer for 90 minutes versus a top eight team. I think the thing is we know all this, don't we? But who else? If Karoma and, and Harrod are fit, they should have been on sooner. But like we were saying, I, I don't think they were anywhere near. Yeah. Harrod, uh, uh If it was Barnett v Arsenal, I could understand it, but it wasn't. It was Hull v Huddersfield. But like we said, Matt, I think they, the the Southampton fans that I did that thing with tonight, they said they think all of the nearest thing to them. You know, well, in regards to how they play and attack. Don't, don't disrespect Hull. I know yeah. it's not really disrespecting them, but they're a good side. Just because yeah. it's Hull doesn't mean they're not good. They are a good team. Yeah. Andy Newbold's nothing to do with the starting eleven for me. The issue was players went there with the mentality as if we're playing Man City away, not all City. A lot of similar theme in there, really, and that as well. But I just think, I think if we've got more players fit, Matt, I think maybe that's some of a, maybe a valid criticism, but I think just that 
with nothing else. But outplayed for most of the game, uh, Huddersfield. Sober did his best going forward, but he had no backup. Big improvement needed. Uh, Liam Noble had to chase the ball and defend for 90 minutes than it is to have the ball. Surely keep the ball pass and move to crest space uh, than just sitting back and defending. Sober had no chance on his own. Udley isn't mobile. And uh, Dukes, uh, play our most creative player on the right, where he's played all season for starters. Karoma and Ara on around 60 minutes and maybe let Nichols go up in the last seconds for the corners. We had nothing to lose and you never know. We took discussed that with a bit of a strange incident, but it's, uh, yeah, I just don't know how fit they were. And I don't know, it's not, was it a personal thing? It wasn't a, an injury for one from what you kind of... Yeah, it was a per- they said it was a, a personal issue um, and he was back in training last week. I mean... I saw some some people sort of suggesting that Harrett should play up front in a front three, but Kean Harrett cannot play up front by himself. I can't. I can't. I think he needs a partner because he he, he just does not do enough outside the box. He does he does the least out yeah. of all our strikers. So I don't think that works. Yeah. But as a two, I think Harrett, you know, can play off someone fairly quick. Yeah. Well. Ryan, Ryan makes a good point that since Lewis O'Brien left us, this team can't string passes together. He does. I saw that. You've mentioned. I have to take. I have to yeah. take some kind of umbrage with that because Lewis O'Brien couldn't pass a football either that was literally the worst thing the thing he was worst at um, but he's right we haven't been able to pass the ball since Aaron Moyle. I think yeah but I think what he means is kind of he maybe not pass but it's honestly like under Carlos Corbran even when we were, lot, when we were yeah. good under Carlos Corbran yeah. we couldn't pass a ball it did my, it yeah. did my boxing they were like they were honestly they were like Dwayne Holmes Lewis O'Brien and uh, Sauber Thomas in midfield, and none of them could pass the ball six yards to a town player it used to do my head in but no. I'll, I'd, I'd love I'd love that team back now rather than yeah. Finally, from Ben, away from home, the injuries. I can understand setting up like that, but at 60, 70 minutes, you've got to be braver and earlier with the subs. You know what? Maybe one might have done that, even with the limited players that we've got. Do you do you think he would have done that? I mean, it's all hypothetical, but well, would he Warner, gambled maybe or would he thought? Warner could have played Danny Ward up front, whether he was fit or not, wouldn't he? That, you know, so, uh, <laughs> and probably would have played Karoma if he were fit or not. Um, it, it would have been, it'd have been different, but he's, he is a different, he's a, like you say, he's, he's a one off yeah. these days, isn't he? Neil Warner again. So. I think the thing. I think the thing was though, Matt. Just like finish on yesterday's, like they didn't. Yeah, they're like they, Dan, Johnny. Were right. I think the first half we were a bit more. We asked a bit more questions than the second half. But I didn't feel at any point like they were really battering us, getting behind us, getting on top. So I could kind of see why. You know, we were comfortable. I don't know. I just think we I didn't think we were gasping for air. We were going down injured and time wasting and stuff and. I just one or two were out of gas. Understanding. I think the second there, half, but... you could see Hull turning the screw. Second half, and you could see it coming and coming and coming. And then they hit the bar, didn't they? There were a couple of occasions where two fan got behind. I thought they were offside both times, but you know that it started. This started becoming more dangerous, and then it, it, it just felt like it was you know Thanos, wasn't it? It was inevitable at one point. It, it, and then the, the way it came is probably, like I said, it's fortunate, but. They were they were they were tightening the screw, um, and yeah. had it not come at that moment, it might have come a couple of minutes later. I don't know. In that promotion season, Matt, that were us, wasn't it? You know, we didn't play right well, but we ground it out, didn't we? Like a wouldn't like Derby or something. We had the, we had the out balls, though, didn't we? We had we had a way of yeah. of getting out, and we we although it took a long time for us to do that. Because you remember, do you remember the Danny Ward video that? We did for Christmas a couple of years ago, and it was like Danny Ward on the moon. Oh, yeah, they wanted a, yeah. want a pass or an assist yeah. because he was just stood up front, wasn't he? And there were no one near yeah. him for a long time. And then when John Russell came in, that it kind of changed. And I didn't rate John Russell at all, but his his just his strength and calmness on the ball just added a you know added a different mm-hmm. dimension. And we we do need a passing midfielder. It's so it's been staring us in the face for years that we need a central midfielder who can pass a ball and we, it's just criminal that we've, we've we've not had one for five years it's just mental um, and that for me is one of the things we need in January you know, we've we made this place. podcast last over an hour I don't know I, I think we should it. I think we should just end it now it's, it's, it's been absolutely guff again isn't it you know so we'll talk about if you've this. listened to this and watched it man you deserve to go to heaven yeah. mate yeah <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, well, and we don't play this weekend, so it's it's all positive again. So we everyone will be excited for Southampton at home. What the? Yeah. What what exit intro do you, do you want? The USA pod end. Do you want the real American, or shall we just go with the usual? Usual. Oh, usual. Right. Thanks usual, for listening, everyone. Uh, um, sorry, it's depressing <laughs> at the minute. It's going to be like this till Christmas. Um, I don't know. We might do less. Podcast. Stick with us. We might do less podcast. Uh, we, like I say, we're probably going to. 
Don't support Bradford. They're as bad. We're probably going to finish by the end, <laughs> at the end of this season. Yes, and, you know, I think. Tell your son to sort it. Trying to, end, trying to end the bloody podcast here because <laughs> it goes just rogue, don't it, all the time. <laughs> well, I'm just going to. Say, I'm just trying to say we're probably going to finish the podcast at the end of this season. But you know, if things continue like this, we might have to do it sooner because we can't just say the same things every week, can we? But anyway, let's get to two hundred. Let's end it. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.